0: Again, this is Texas Storytellers, brought to you by Woodlands Online. You can watch this show on Woodlands Online, our Roku channel, over the air on KVQT HD21. You can listen to this on woodlandsonline.com/podcast or on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. Or watch the video version on woodlandsonline.com. It'll work. I'm Terry Woods, and I have a guest host with
1: me today, Dixie Cooper. Hey Dixie, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Hi Terry, and thanks for inviting me. I'm excited to be here. Uh, yes, I'm actually a native Texan, so this subject of Texas writers is very interesting to me. I love literature, love writing. Um, I was born in Houston. I am a retired teacher and taught many various subjects all the way from preschoolers up to college kids. So it was a whirlwind there. And in retirement, um, I have begun an interest in drama and in plays and playwriting, even though I have been to theater all my life. So I met you as, as an instructor when I joined your drama class a couple of years ago. And I've been doing some plays and indulging in all kinds of different types of of dramatic efforts since then, and today I'm here. (laughs) Well, that's wonderful.
0: Um, I was looking for a Texas writer for this particular show, and I began to to consider what I like about Texas. I'm not a native Texan, but I've been here a long time, and my family is here. Um, And I was wondering, what do I like? I like Texas food, that I know, and I also like small-town Texas, and I found a writer who uses small-town Texas as the set or the backdrop for most of his writing, and that is Horton Foote. So today I'd like to tell you about Horton Foote, and I think you'll get to know him and like him and his work as much as I have. Foote was born Albert Horton Foote, Jr., March 14, 1916, in Wharton, Texas. He died March 4, 2009, at the age of 92. By then, he was in Hartford, Connecticut. Foote began as an actor after studying at the Pasadena Playhouse in 1931-1932. Now, if you know anything about Texas between Houston and Dallas, you're going to recognize a whole lot. After getting better reviews for plays he had written, he decided maybe writing was better than acting. He focused on Uh, writing in the 1940s and became one of the lead writers for television during the 1950s. Beginning with an episode of The Gabby Hayes Show. Now, in 1953, on television, the play Trip to Bountiful premiered. The leading cast was Lillian Gish, who is best known as being a silent actress. And newcomer, Ava Marie Saint. If you've ever seen North by Northwest, Mm -hmm. you probably know who Ava Marie Saint is. They reprised their roles a year later on Broadway. So they went from television to Broadway. I think that's cool. Throughout the 1950s, Foote wrote the Philco Television Playhouse, the United States Steel Hour, and the DuPont Show of the Month. But he's best known for his adaptations. He adapted William Faulkner's Old Man to television two different times, in 1958 and in 1997, receiving Emmy nominations both years. And he won the second year. Now, there was a screenplay that was written in the 80s. It was called Tender Mercies. And he uh, uh, won an Academy Award for that. And another screenplay that he wrote was Trip to Bountiful, his very own play, and he was nominated for that. Here's a review. 50 miles southwest of Houston, along what is now Highway 59, lies the coastal plains town of Wharton, Texas. Like I said, one of its renowned residents lives today in the house his family first occupied, When he was a year old, he is Horton Foote, Academy Award-winning screenwriter, playwright, and author. One of the last books that he wrote. I thought it was the last book, Dixie. But what I found out is that this man, who died at 92, was writing up until that time. He was making screenplays out of some of the works that he did in the 40s and
1: 50s. Yeah.
0: He really was, which is, I, I just, I, I was so fascinated by that.
1: Did he leave some unfinished work?
0: He did. Yeah. He did leave some unfinished work. And his daughter um, has taken up his, his, uh, um, his, has taken his work and she is trying to do something with it. I'm assuming up until now, which is really, really cool.
1: Yeah.
0: Horton Foote grew up surrounded by two large extended families with two sets of grandparents and counselors, uncles, aunts, and cousins. And that's another thing I liked about him, small towns and big families, since I'm surrounded by big families too. Farewell um, was told through a series of stories. That's another thing. Texas storytellers love stories. It tells of his education, in the public schools, his talent for dramatic acting and academics, and his large family reaching throughout the community. I'm going to stop there, and I want to read from um, Farewell. What do you think about that?
1: Okay, I'd love to hear it.
0: And I'm going to go ahead and repeat that Many of Horton Foote's plays take place in a small town of Harrison. Harrison is, in fact, a fictional place inspired by Foote's home of Wharton. Bountiful, from trip to Bountiful, is also a fictional town that seems to be an homage to a small-town in te- small town Texas life. Some say, or I was reading, as is that it could be Waxahachie, just south of Dallas. And you know that Wharton is, what, an hour or so outside of Houston. And so he starts out, and I'm going to Chapter 2 because it's written in short story form. So he actually tells about his life starting in Chapter 2. I was born Tuesday, March 14th, 1916, in a rented room in the town of Wharton, Texas. The Wharton Spectator, founded by two of my great uncles, printed the following item on Friday, March 18, 1916. Mr. and Mrs. Horton Foote were the proud parents of a son born Tuesday. My mother, 22, was Harriet Brooks, named for my paternal grandmother, but always called Hallie. My father, 26, was Albert Horton Foote, named for his father and great-grandfather, and I was named Albert Horton Foote, Jr. What the bland spectator item gave no hint of was the conflict that preceded my birth. My mother's parents, Daisy and Tom Brooks, strenuously opposed the marriage forcing my mother and my father to elope. They didn't elope very far, just five blocks across town to the rented house of their friends Allie and Arch Elmore. They were married in the Elmore's parlor by the Baptist minister. The uh, Methodist minister, whose parishioners included my mother's family, had refused to marry them. And the Baptist minister agreed only on the condition that my mother call her parents and tell them what she was about to do. Her mother wasn't at home, so she called her father at his office. Ten minutes before the ceremony was to begin, he pleaded with her not to marry. And he was certain she would regret it the rest of her life. Well, she didn't take his, take his advice and in the late afternoon on Valentine's Day, 1915. With only a few friends present, my mother and father were married. It was a marriage that lasted almost 60 years. I was always fascinated how they could manage the secrecy of all of this, given the smallness of Wharton. The town then, less than 3,000, and were like most small towns. Everyone knew everyone else, and I would often question them about how they managed the elopement without my mother's parents knowing about it. Well, son, my father would explain. I had some good friends here in the t- in the, at the time. Who were your friends? I asked. Well, ah, uh, Barsotti and Felix and Robert Rockward and Arch Elmore. Now, I got Varsati uh, uh, to go to the jewelry store and buy the wedding ring. And he made uh, he made like it was uh, buying for a girl he knew. And then I went to El Campo for the marriage license. Why did you go to El Campo, I said. Because if I had gotten it here at the courthouse, where your mother's father and mother had lots of friends, someone would march right over to Mr. Brooks to tell him. <laughs> yeah, what I know, you know it would happen. So, at five o'clock, my, my father said, What time did you leave home for the wedding, Mother? I didn't leave home for the wedding. I told Mama I was going to spend the day with Allie. And I slipped the dress I got married in over over to Allie's the day before. So Mama and Papa didn't suspect a thing. Did your aunts know about it, Daddy? Well, yes, they did. And did they approve? Well, yes. What about your mama? Well, she was living in Houston, and I never saw much of Mama after she married Mr. Cleveland. So she didn't know you were getting married? Not until after I wrote her a letter a week after the wedding. Was she happy about it? Well, I think so. She lived at, we lived at Allie and Archie's house for three months after the marriage. Mother said, no, I didn't know that. I said, and then uh, we rented a room from Mrs. Houston That's when I was born, wasn't it? That's right. Then we took our meals across the street at Mrs. Walker's boarding house. Why did you take your meals there? Because we couldn't cook at Mrs. Houston's. Why? Because we only had one room and she didn't allow cooking. Did you like eating at the boarding house? No my father said i didn't now hun i was all right my mother said wasn't mrs walker a good cook i asked oh she cooked good all right my father said but she never gave you enough i always walked away hungry after we were married mr and mrs brooks couldn't speak to us wouldn't speak to you no sir Not for a whole year. Did it make you sad, Mom and Dad? Well, yes, it did. It was a mess. Let me tell you, my father said, and then my Aunt Lola and my Aunt Lita and my Aunt Renee stopped speaking to the Brookses. And that's kind of the flavor of Farewell. Farewell goes on with little stories and little stories and that's the way that it goes. But you know, I'd kind of like to get into one of his plays. Me too. And the one of course that that I love is Trip to Bountiful. So so something you might not know about me. I'm Terry Woods, as you know that. But uh, And I think that you know that I'm a teacher, uh, still happily teaching, uh, but I also love acting. And there's a little theater in town called the um, Owen Theater, Mm -hmm. and there's a small company, the Players Theater Company, that's there. It's over 50 years old. I shouldn't call it small, and it's thriving, even in times like this. And um, there's always a play, when, when you're considering being an actor, there's always a play that you always want to do. And I always go back to Trip to Bountiful. Well, because there's an older character in it that I happen to be very fond of. You know something about this, right, Dixie? Mm-hmm. Aren't you in a play right now?
1: Yes, yes, I am. I'm in Sister Act. We opened last night, as a matter of fact. Um, it's one, And I'm new to the player's... Theater uh, players, if I can say it. Um, I'm new to the Owen Theater Group, but I've really enjoyed it. They've been welcoming and wonderful, and uh, this is my second play there. The first was Arsenic and Old Lace, and the Now I'm in Sister Act. Arsenic and Old Lace is a great play too. Yeah, it
0: is. That, yes. that's a great mm-hmm. play. Um, and uh, Horton Foote is famous for uh, his screenplays of works that were on Broadway, such as um, To Kill a Mockingbird. Uh, Mm -hmm. He actually wrote the screenplay for To Kill a Mockingbird. And there you go. If you're looking for some good reading, because you probably have a lot of time on your hands right now, there's To Kill a Mockingbird, there's Trip to Bountiful, and there's Arsenic and Old Lakes. And they're all quite, quite good, fast reads. They have have those in audiobooks Mm -hmm. and in... Uh, uh, whatever book reader that you have, you can get them that way too. So what I thought we would, would start with right now is another Houstonian. This one is Cynthia Claussen. So now you're asking, okay, are you going to get to Trip to Bountiful? Well, yes, I am. All right. <laughs> Cynthia Claussen is a Grammy award-winning American gospel singer who lives in Houston, Texas. Um, the Billboard magazine some years ago said that she was the most awesome voice in gospel music. She's received Dove awards on top of her Grammy. Now, there is a clip that, that uh, producer Justin's going to play in just a second that will give you the idea of what "Trip to Bountiful really and truly is. He'll just play a little bit of it. And you're going to hear this lady sing in the background. And when I heard her sing, I had to find out who she was. And sure enough, just like I said, she's somebody from, um, who lives in Houston, Texas. She's actually from Austin. Um, and as far as I know, she is still, still singing. My favorite line from the play, okay, but I'll first tell you that this is an older woman and you know, when you get older, you, you people around you, if they're younger people, start to think, she's done everything she wants to do. There's nothing left for her to do. Or all of her dreams came true. Well, come on, people. We all know that's not true. We all have dreams, and they keep on coming. Her dream was to go back to her hometown of Bountiful. She wanted to go back to Bountiful. Nobody around her wanted her to. In fact, they thought she was a little.
1: Crazy. Mm-hmm. Seen
0: out. Yeah. And, but they really did. She really did want to go back to Bountiful. So listen to this. I've waited a long time just to get to Bountiful. 20 years I've been walking the streets of the city, lost in, of this city, lost in grieving. And as I've grown older and my time approaches, I've made one promise to myself to see my home again before I die. Carrie Watts, scene six. Now, the other cool thing uh, about this, and I think I mentioned that he was a screenplay writer for To Kill a Mockingbird, after he wrote the screenplay for To Kill a Mockingbird, one of his best friends became Harper Lee. And Harper Lee thought he was the kindest, most distinguished person in her life. And she also said that no matter how long he had been in another part of the country, he still had a Texas drawl.
1: <laughs> it's hard to lose it, Terry. <laughs> Believe me.
0: So... Um I have I have part of the script for uh Trip to, Trip to Bountiful. Bountiful. Do you wanna yeah, take a stab at it? Let's do. All right, so you already know that um uh, on television in 1953, uh, uh, Ava Marie Saint was in the show and she played a character whose name is Jessie May. Well, in 1985, uh, Geraldine Page played the main character of Carrie Watts, Mrs. Watts as she's referred to, and she got an Academy Award for that. Well, later on um, in, I think it was uh, 2014, that Jessie May character was played by Queen Latifah and I can't remember who played the, the Mrs. Watts part. Cecily Tyson. Cecily Tyson. Tyson yeah. yeah, Cecily Tyson.
1: Great um, actress.
0: Wonderful actress. But I'm going to play Mrs. Watts right now. And um, Dixie's going to play uh, Jessie Mae. It's
1: full moon, Jessie Mae. What's that got to do with it? I never could sleep when there was a full moon. That's just your imagination. I don't know what's the matter with all of you. I never had trouble sleeping in my life. I guess I have a clear conscience. The only time that I remember having any trouble sleeping was the night I spent out at Bonneville. The mosquitoes were like to have chewed me up. I never saw such mosquitoes. Regular gallow nippers. Mother Watts... Where did you put that recipe that Rosella gave me on the phone today? What recipe was that, Jessie Mae? What recipe was that? She only gave me one. The one I wrote down while I was talking to Rosella this morning. You remember I asked you to find me a pencil? Yeah, I remember something about it. Well, then I handed it to you and then asked you to put it away on the top of my dresser. Jessie Mae, I don't remember you haven't given me any recipe. Well, I did. I certainly have no recollection of it, no recollection of it, you don't. No ma'am. I swear, mother rot, you just don't have any memory at all anymore. Oh, Jessie May, I
0: think I, I
1: gave it to you this morning in this very room and I said, "Please put it on my dresser," and you said, "I will," and went holding it in your hand. I did? Yes, you did. Did you look on my dresser? Yes, ma'am. Did you look on your dresser? Yes, ma'am. And it wasn't there? No, ma'am. I looked just before I went to bed. Oh, well, let me look around. Oh, I swear. Have you noticed how forgetful she's getting? Honestly, Ludie, she's so stubborn. Come on, let's go to bed. There goes another car smashed up. Six cars smashed up on the freeway to Galveston. I read yesterday in the Chronicle. One right on top of another. I bet they were all drunk. Been down to Galveston, gambling likely. I think the whole of Houston goes to Galveston, gambling and drinking. Everybody but us. I don't see how some people hold down a job the way they drink and gamble. Do you? Quite good. Good. Quite good. So you kind of get a feeling for
0: how the people around her, especially Jessie May, felt about uh, Mrs. Watts. And she still, she wanted to go. So, um, Dixie, tell us what she
1: does next. Miss Miss Watts. Yeah, what does Mrs. Watts end up doing? Well, she does take her trip to Bountiful. She hides her retirement check that um, Jessie May always seems to steal from her, or I don't know, stealing, but takes it. But she hides it. She decides she's going to cash it and go to Bountiful, and she does. She goes to the bus station. She's not able to cash her check, but she comes up with enough coins to buy the, the ticket and befriends a lovely young woman on the bus and somehow makes it to Bountiful.
0: Yeah, she does make it to Bountiful. So I looked up, uh, when I was doing this research, I looked up uh, a bus ticket, Greyhound bus ticket, to Waxahachie because I thought, well, if Bountiful is Waxahachie or close to it or maybe somewhere around there, I would look up how much it would cost for a bus ticket. Well, it would cost about $42 if you wanted to make several stops along the way. And I think that, that the trip they did make. Uh, uh, several stops along the way. If you wanted to um, uh, have a little bit of an upgrade and only maybe stop once, well then you ended up uh, spending about $60 for the ticket. And the interesting thing to me was is that you, the first stop that you make, the the one stop you make between here and Waxahachie is Buffalo, Texas. Mm. Of course I love that (laughs) because I'm I've lived here a long, long time, but I'm originally from Buffalo, New York. Mm-hmm. And one of my favorite places to stop in Texas is Buffalo, Texas. Mm-hmm. So that was interesting. But then I did find out that if I wanted to schedule that trip today or this weekend, there there aren't any buses going there right now. Oh, yeah? So I so. guess I have to pick a new small town. But Horton Foote, most of his writing... Is is uh, uh, about small towns or set in small towns, and they have, and each person has a rich, rich um, background mm-hmm. and people surrounding them. Everybody's a character. The the way that he writes is perfect for character actors, if you will, or readers who are looking for that that uh, interesting character. Mm-hmm. And um, you found fascinating a book called. Uh, 1918?
1: Yes. Uh, well, it was actually screenplay. It was made into, the, I watched the movie 1918, and it was very timely. 1918 was the year of the Spanish flu pandemic, oh. which very similar times we're going through now. Um, and it was at the end of World War One as well, take place in a small town in Texas, as you said, uh, Horton Foote wrote what he knew, there's the rule of writing for that, write what you know, and he really did. And this is very relatable to, for today, even though this was done back, I think the movie was made in 1985, I think, it's mid-80s when it was made, and it stars a very young uh, Broderick. And it was, And it just shows all the turmoil that these families go through with this flu, this little town, and it's losing one person after another with the dying of all these people and how it's affecting them. And then then the returning war soldiers, because the war ends during the show. <clears throat> it's It was very timely and a very interesting show for now. So maybe
0: on our uh, very next show, so that people will come back again, maybe we could do a little bit, uh, or, or at least look at a little bit, of 1918 mm-hmm. and maybe another Horton Foot book. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, if, if you are very interested in small towns, colorful characters, and you're looking for something to read, and you're going, I never heard of this guy before, look him up, because mm. you're going to be very happy that you did. Yeah. And for today, I'm uh, Terry Woods, and this is my... Co-host, Dixie Cooper, and we are Texas Storytellers. We're brought to you by Woodlands Online. You can watch this show on Woodlands Online, our Roku channel over the air at KVQTHD21. You can listen to this on on com slash podcast or iTunes, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. Or watch the the video version on woodlandsonline.com. And folks, I'm going to tell you again, we could really use a sponsor. And your comments are always welcome. If you have any ideas for the show, please let us know. And I'm going to make sure that I'm very safe leaving here and say goodbye for now. See you soon.